Retirement. That's a fuzzy place somewhere in the future for many people. Do we have to retire? How do we prepare for it? Will we really be free? And what does that mean exactly? I'm going to answer these questions and more as I travel the road. I'll cover different topics related to having the life you want. I don't pretend to have all the answers, so sometimes I'll have a guest who knows more than I do about a particular subject. I'm Jackie Doucette, and this is Beyond Retirement. Just sit back, relax, and let me lead you on a journey to freedom. Hi everyone, and thanks for tuning in. Last week we had an amazing interview with Jody Burnham, who explained what a phenomenal income stream affiliate marketing can be. Today we're going to continue the series of additional income streams. These ideas are great, whether you're retired or not. Joining us today is Liz Halloran. I met Liz online just over a year ago when I was searching on Facebook for groups related to living in warm, sunny places. You'll come to realize over the course of these podcasts that I've got an addiction with Facebook. Just about everything I do stems from something that I found there. I'm not sure if that's good or bad or just a fact. At any rate, my research into countries to retire in led me to Ecuador and then to a Facebook group focused on people moving there. Liz happened to be one of the members, and somehow we got talking about English as a second language. Today, we're going to continue that conversation a bit. Liz, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today, and welcome to Beyond Retirement. Well, thanks, Jackie. It's great to be with you, and I always find it so interesting how we connect with uh, each other around the world. I've been fortunate enough to um, make so many connections with people that I've actually met online initially, and then be able to follow up and, and meet them in person. So it's always really interesting how people's um, relationships develop through the internet, which is, um, you know, just for, there, a lot of people have very much a love-hate relationship with it. Um, however, for me, I've found that it, it's certainly been a benefit in my life. And, and like you say, I think you have as well. There's just been so many positives that have allowed you to kind of move forward with things from Facebook. That's just quite fascinating. It is. I agree. It's a, it's amazing how many people I've met and how many different things I've become involved in just because of the internet. And it's bringing us together, even though, you know, we're so far apart. Mm-hmm. So um, I know you've just recently retired and I guess the logical place for us to start our conversation is um I was wondering if your plan to be uh, an English teacher was part of your initial retirement plan, or was it a decision that came about from something else? It was not part of my plan at all, to be honest. Um, my background is in healthcare, and um, I worked as a, a unit coordinator, or basically the air traffic controller for uh, the floor. Uh, I worked in ICU and emergencies, so um, acute care positions for a number of years and I also taught at um, the local university but I taught the program in which I work in so I had students um, generally 16 students a year that took them through school and through um, practicums so I was used to being a mentor uh, to students and uh, and facilitator and, and built the program that we have here at our local university so I'd always been involved with that and had been for about 20 years. And then I started thinking about retirement. There was many changes that were happening in our hospital here and not uh, 
not in the direction that I had hoped that my career was going to go in terms of uh, what was coming online. And I, I decided maybe I needed to look at taking an early retirement. And then what would I do? You know, I still needed to top up my pension somewhat. Although I have a really good government pension, um, I still needed to, to do something. Um, you know, plus I'm younger, so I really didn't want to all of a sudden not be doing anything. Um, so I started looking at what were the skills that I had? What could I put in place to uh, utilize those skills? And uh, then what was, what was out there for me? So I've, I've always enjoyed teaching, uh, and, but certainly never thought that uh, teaching English would be part of it. Uh, however, one of the things that I, one of the programs that I taught at, at university is anatomy and physiology and medical terminology. So I thought, well, what is there with that that I could put to use? And um, I joined a program on Facebook uh, called Get Eng um, uh, Speak English and Get Paid. And it was um, a program through Bare Barefoot Consulting. And I, I've been with them for a few years now and it's um and that's an absolutely great program with them that they have and it was a really good basis for me and uh certainly opened uh, a lot of doors um in terms of uh who was out there what is there out there and what kind of skills that um, did you need to get going to start with okay so that that just sort of uh paved the way a little bit, I guess. What made you decide that you wanted to go further? Well, once I took a look at, at what, what was out there, um, uh, I recognized that there was um, something lacking in terms of, of in, in the medical field. So I had thought about, um, and, and what I've now built uh, for my own program is um, speaking English as a second language with a medical specialty. So the students that, that I currently have are students who do speak another language, or maybe many, um, but, but lack some English skills, and they are perhaps wanting to come to um, Canada or the U.S. or another English-speaking country where they need to be able to write their exams and pass their exams in English, be able to do their documentation correctly, and have a clear understanding of you know, the English language in terms of correspondence and just general communication. So um, that might be students who are wanting to write um, exams, maybe nurses, like I have two nurses right now who are qualified nurses in the Philippines but do want to come to Canada to work. So they need to be able to write and complete their exams here. I also have another student who's in Mexico, and he is applying for medical school, uh, hoping to get into a school in North Carolina. Um, so I'm helping him out with uh, with the skills that he needs in uh, in order to do that. That's fabulous. So I want to come back to that. It's a kind of like picking the niche that you're going to work in with the uh, with the teaching. Mm -hmm. So I'll come. I'm going to come back to that in a little bit. I can hear you. Can I hear birds in the background? Oh, you can. Uh, just a sec. I'll close the window. No, no, that's okay. I, I just, oh, okay. I was just wondering what it was. <laughs> that's kind of interesting. I mean, it's great that we can do interviews from you know all over the place. And it's you know, I hear the little cheep, cheep, cheep in the background. That's kind of cool. Yes, yeah, lots of birds in our area. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
I know that you, when we met, you were taking or getting ready to take a CELTA program, but uh, um, I think some uh, some of our listeners might not be familiar with all the different options that are available for teaching English as a second language. So I was wondering if you could go through what the different certifications are. Uh, well, there, there there's a variety. The the CELTA that, that I took is, um, it's, through the Celtis through Cambridge University uh, in the UK, and I chose to uh, go through another um, program, uh, International House, which is one of the facilitators for the Cambridge program um, outside of the UK. And I chose to go to Ecuador. Uh, there was a few reasons for it. Um, uh, one is the the uh, Celta in Montanita, Ecuador, is a five week program. Um, most Celta programs are four, and I knew that um, going in uh, at my age and the rigors of the course, I would need the extra week, <laughs> and I was really <laughs> glad that I had it. <laughs> um, and the other thing is, it was totally on site, so I didn't have to worry about anything other than school. Uh, uh, so the, the school itself has um, accommodation, meals are provided, uh, you, there is a great variety of, of levels of students that we dealt with, um, and I just thought that, that that would be the best for me. You can take CELTA online, you still have to go and do some um, coursework in the classroom, um, however, the, the rigors of this course, I just didn't think that I would be able to, to, to do it. Um, I live in BC, and there is a CELTA program in Vancouver, um, which I could have gone to. But by the time I looked at um, needing accommodation while I was there and still needing to shop and cook and transportation and, um, you know, um, I think I mentioned accommodation because I, I really don't know many people there. Um, in, in the end, all it really cost me was airfare because it was the same amount of money in Vancouver or Ecuador. Wow. So, so I chose Ecuador. <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> I think I'm, I would too. <laughs> um, so like, and I, I, went, um, I went a little bit early and stayed a little bit longer than the course just because I got um, a seat sale. Um, so those dates worked great for me. So I had lots of time to spend um, at the beach before and after. And Montanita is 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 a beach city, so I had the the benefit of being able to walk the beach uh, every morning before school and seeing amazing sunsets and um, yeah, just being in that environment um, was was quite lovely. So there was there were many benefits. And in fact, um, since I took the program, um, well, uh, just over a year ago, a year and a half ago now, um, I've had four other friends, uh, one from Austria, one from Australia, and two from Germany have taken, gone to Ecuador to do, take the same program. So, wow. uh, yeah, yeah, it's been great. So um, I think probably a lot of people don't know what CELTA is, what it stands for. Do you, uh, do you know what the acronym is? So it, it, it's evolved over the years, but basically what it is, is it's a certification in English language teaching accreditation. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And is it, is it necessary to have that sort of accreditation or, or certification of some sort? 
You know what? It, it isn't. And um, one other piece about my background is I don't have a university degree. Uh, although I teach it, have taught for 20 years at the university, um, <laughs> I have a number of certificates, but I don't have a bachelor's degree of any sort. And a lot of uh, online teaching programs request that someone have a bachelor's degree. They don't care what it's in, whether it's, you know, pottery or English. <laughs> um, they, they don't care what it's in as long as you have a degree. Well, I don't have that. Um, and often places will want a degree plus um, a TEFL, the T-E-F-L, um, or a CELTA. Um, so I, I decided that um, to kind of put my best foot forward, I would take the CELTA program um, because I felt it would give me a really good, um, and uh, just another piece of paper, of, yeah. you know, for the lack of a better term um, you know and um, something that was credible that that if people were looking at what are the credentials for for a teacher that does have a, a CELTA certification um, and what was involved with that and uh, for me to be able to have that without any other degree was I someone who was who was credible so right. that's why I felt I could do that um, I had thought um, about teaching for uh, other companies since I left school. Uh, and again, I ran into the problem. Well, I ran into a couple of problems. Um, um, three problems, actually. So the first was I didn't have a degree. The second was my age. A lot of, uh, a lot of the online um, companies really don't like people who are over 60. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, uh, what was the third one? Degree. Oh, that, 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 that was really hard to even find anybody that was interested in doing what it was that I wanted to do. So I thought, oh, well, I'll just do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I've, you know, I, I've just um, developed my own program which I would have anyway. I mean, I basically had a program that I had developed for the university here for my students. Um, so I've just taken taken that, um, and I um, I have it done in a way in which I can develop uh, beginner and intermediate um, and advanced uh, level uh, English speakers. So it it was actually a um, pretty seamless transition because I knew what it was that I wanted to teach. Now that being said, I probably spend a little bit more time on um, program development because I really tailor it to individual needs because not everyone's going to come to me with the same the same issues. Um, yeah, so I was mentioning that I do have two students right now from the from the Philippines. They're both kind of at the same age, the same level of training, um, and uh, and they do know each other. So that's that's a real bonus for me. That um, basically, so what they have a little bit difference in uh, some of their verbal communication needs that they require, but um, overall, it's a program that I teach the both of them at the same time. Um, yeah. So basically, I've done mainly one-on-one -on -one teaching. And it sounds like it's usually adults. Correct. Or, 
So is that is that something that uh, is difficult to find or? Well, you know, for me, it's it's already been a, a word of mouth. So I I I don't take on a lot of students right now because I've I just recently retired in in at the end of January. So through this past year, I've really only had a um, you know two or three students at a time. Uh, and this year, um, I'm transitioning from um, just having retired and, and trying to figure out, you know, how my life, how my life's going to work. <laughs> and and um, I do have some other commitments um, this year. I, I'm also a triathlete, so I have a lot of races um, wow. <laughs> planned with um, kind of my biggest race of the year being the um, Ironman in Cozumel, Mexico. Um, so um, I have a lot of training that I do for that, and that's kind of a focus for me um, because I'm also heading to, to Mexico. So my plan is to, um, I will be down there in October and do my race at the end of November, and I I, I won't be back for the at least the winter, and I may stay longer. So we'll see how that goes. Wow, that's really exciting. Yeah. Takes a so little, takes a bit of time. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. So as far as uh, uh, coming up with the students, you know, it's it's very much been a word of mouth. The people that I went to school with have certainly passed my my uh, connections on to other people, and it's kind of spread by so from there. And I already have a, um, a a waiting list of people that that once I kind of get my new retirement life organized, that I, I will take on, on more students. Oh, that's fabulous. Um, yeah, so so that's really nice. So really, I've, I haven't had to do anything, and I have more people than I, I can anything? actually take on. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. so, so it's been really nice. And you know what, there's, there is, there's a, a lot of, um, there's a lot of need out there. Like I, first when I started looking at it, to be honest, I thought, oh my goodness, this, this is, seems like a really saturated market, like in, in terms of, um, um, you know, what's work. out there, yeah. finding work and whatnot. And, and really the work has, has come to me. I've done no, um, I've done no, um, advertising at all. Wow, so that that's yeah. really great. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that everyone would be able to uh, have that kind of success. I know I've looked into it a little bit myself, and most of the companies out there looking for ESL teachers are uh, looking for teachers who can be online and teach children. Um, they seem to be uh, overwhelmingly children in China who are learning English and I was having trouble finding um, jobs where I could teach adults. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I, I, obviously, you haven't had any any uh, searching done like that because you found your niche and you know what you're looking for. But are you are you aware of um, any any companies that let you kind of work within your own niche and decide what it is you want to want to provide? I think in terms of companies that may be out there, I think that that is um, going to be a little bit difficult to find unless you find companies that are dealing with businesses um, that um, want business English. Um, and in that case, I know that there's a, uh, quite a need coming out of um, um, Qatar, uh, Saudi Arabia, um, oh. 
um, and I do know people who are teaching in that area, but they're they're teaching business English, okay. um, India, um, um, and I think also um, I'd I'd have to double check, but I believe I was one of the people that I did do the CELTA program with. She teaches business English in Malaysia, Indonesia, um, and Vietnam. And she is strictly business English, where she deals with people who are in uh, banking um, companies that are wanting to do more overseas work, that type of thing. So, um, yeah, that's where her success has been. I know it's really difficult. A lot of the online um, teaching programs um, do deal mainly with children. Right which was not something I was at all interested in dealing with. Right. And that's personally, that's not my forte as, as well. I'm not a exuberant kind of person to keep up the, uh, the spirits of a, of a little kid when they're trying to learn something. Correct. Yeah. Um, would you recommend to someone who is trying to become or thinking of becoming an ESL teacher that they, that they start off on their own and just sort of, advertise or, or use word of mouth to get their business out or join a, a company that, that uh, pays them to do it? Well, I think it all depends, um, you know, what, what your personal needs are going to be. I think if you're, if you're somebody who's um, like for me, I'm just looking at topping up my pension. So basically for me, it's my travel money right. is what my, um, my teaching goes to. But if you're somebody who, who needs to do it in terms of being able to pay your mortgage, I think you're going to need to kind of connect yourself with with a company that is is doing that. Now, how much online work there is for that, I'm not sure. I know people who are um, who are actually working um, like on site in areas like Saudi. Okay, so it's it's not just yeah. going to be an online thing. You can actually, if you're if you're traveling, say someone like one of our listeners is traveling somewhere in retirement they could maybe pick up some work in a location and oh absolutely absolutely um like i do i yeah i do travel to um uh to mexico uh, a lot but i have a friend who was recently in spain and she said every time she turned around there was another school there for you know um learning english Okay, you know, a little and, different though. I think if you're on a travel visa, you're not really supposed to be working. I guess you can do it for free and maybe uh, get gifts. Yeah, well, I'm mean, if if you're um, like no, um, I I don't know whether rules and regulations yeah. have changed, but um, uh, you know, when I was younger, I'm, like I'm I'm Canadian. When I was younger, I could travel and work in pretty much any of the Commonwealth countries without any problem at all. Um, and, but uh, you'd certainly have to, to look into that before, before traveling, that's for sure. So it's just something that, you know, another thing that's uh, in the list of requirements or list of items to check off. Yep. <laughs> Correct. So if, if you were uh, going to give someone just one piece of advice, if they're thinking of becoming an ESL teacher, what would that advice be? Hmm. Well, I think part of that too comes from background. Do you have any background in teaching? And if not, then um, 
I, I think you're going to need to look at some program that is going to teach you how to develop a program and how to develop um, and be able to teach um, English to other people. And so you want to be able to teach communicative English and and so something that is they learn quickly and how are they going to learn those tools in order to to um, allow them to bring English into their life and be able to move forward with that in an easy fashion. Um, so if you don't have a background, um, you could still take a program like like CELTA and that's certainly going to delve deeply into what your needs are. And I think if you already do have a background in teaching and especially if you teach any kind of English, then you could probably get away with being able to develop your own programs or, or teach for somebody else by taking um, another um, course called a TEFL course, which is teaching English as a foreign language. And, and I initially um, took an, an online program through, uh, it was called Global TEFL, and it's out of, or Global Language Training, and it was out of, out of the UK. And I just came across that from, there was a group on, for a $49 course. <laughs> and I thought, what the heck, you know, I might as well um, see what this was all about. Um, for $49, I really wasn't, uh, wasn't really going to lose anything. Um, and uh, it was, what was it? I think it was 150 hours. Um, and I got it for like $49. And, and from that same program, I went on further and I took um, I took a teaching English specialty course, a business English, um, um, and I remember they had one for young learners. They had uh, teaching online, uh, teaching with technology. Uh, they had quite a few courses um, available, and each of the courses was like another you know, $20 or $40 or something <laughs> like that. Um, but the other thing about a lot of, like, especially with this global place, they had jobs. They had, you know, they had lots of jobs. If you wanted to work with them, they basically, as soon as you had your certification, um, they would help you get a job. They would help you get uh, work visas. Um, there was um, there was always uh, a list available that was updated um sometimes I think twice a month or something like that. And it was really clear about, you know, where the work was, what the student range was, how many students in a class, what your working days were, um, that type of thing. So, and, and there was always something available. Like, um, okay. So that's, yeah. that's really great. And it sounds like there's lots of different options. Then, oh, absolutely. Okay. And, and um, even though I did, by the the Groupon, I bought it long before I actually took the course, um, and I did start doing some investigating about um, about what was out there in terms of teaching, and and that particular program got um, you know got got really good reviews, and um, you know I contacted people that had gone through the program, people who'd been working and maybe even had placements through the program and stuff like that. So I thought that they, they were, you know, pretty credible um, in terms of, of uh, you know, what was out there. Okay. Well, that's, yeah. that sounds fabulous. Um, yeah. Looks like we've come to the end of my uh, podcast time. 
Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> oh. Unfortunately, it, it goes really fast, and I, I think we could it probably does. spend a whole lot more time talking about this. Uh, maybe mm -hmm. I'll have you back another time, and we can delve into things a little bit further. Absolutely. But, so thanks, Liz, for uh, giving us all a little bit of an idea of what's involved in teaching English as a foreign language, where we can go and what we can do with it. There's definitely a lot of options out there, and what you choose depends on what you want to do, I suppose. Exactly. And I think, you know, there certainly is a niche market. If you're someone who has uh, a, a little corner of something and you think you're keeping it to yourself or you might be the only one, I think you might be surprised at how many other people out there have, are, are in need. So worth, worth looking into for sure. Perfect. I'd like to thank Liz Halloran for taking the time to be with me today, talking to us a little bit about English as a Second Language and how she became a teacher. And I'd like to thank all of you for listening in today. I hope you'll come back next week when our guest is going to be Hannah Dixon, a true digital nomad, the virtual assistant guru, and the uh, developer of the Digital Nomad Kit. Well, that's the show for this week. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Beyond Retirement. I'm your host, Jackie Doucette. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe. I'd appreciate it if you'd review the show and leave me a rating. If you've got any questions, drop by JackieDoucette.com and leave me a short message. I'll try to answer all the questions on a later episode.